What's up, baby? Welcome to Refrag. I'm Drew Face. This is my co-host. I'm Scooter, and today we're gonna be starting off with a little bit of current news. It's happening right now, and I'm super excited. But Drew, it's the race to world first. Dude, like I didn't even know this was a, like until last year. I didn't know this was a thing, and like you gotta tell me more about it. Like, wh what is this? I'm not a WoW guy. What is this? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Yeah, so it's funny you say that you haven't heard of it since like last year because last year was like the biggest one and it's like it had a lot of viewership and even this year it's still showing really really strong uh, but if you're not familiar it's world of warcraft uh the new raid has launched today it launched at around 9 est and uh yeah we're we're right into it like whatever guild all these big orgs have their own guilds that show up for these kind of events and the first guild to complete it holds that title there's not really any rising to it either it's just it's, it's bragging points it's essentially bragging points in that title but it's good it's good for the orgs obviously and it's good for the players it shows off their skills but it's going on right now complexity my boys at complexity in the lead killing four out of five so far or sorry uh, they're on the fifth boss out of 10 total and Ooh, halfway nice. yeah they're halfway so i'm i'm excited they're they're trying to finish up this fifth boss right uh but yeah they're one boss ahead of everybody else they had a little later start but you know i'm just i'm just excited i love watching wow and it's so so tell me something because i i i'm a little um like when i watched it last year i was quite uh i think this year the the direction will be a lot better because I know the production team behind this more uh, into like into WoW, but what like what makes it so like hard to finish this raid boss? Like, are all the bosses just like at max level the hardest like bosses and monsters the game has at you? So essentially, so for example, when before the raid drops, you can play it at a lower difficulty. So the teams that get to practice it in heroic and even in, in the, like the beta testing, um, it's still hard, but it's obviously a lot easier for them because they're used to competing at the top and what, but they don't really get to experience all it's called mythic. The hardest difficulty is called mythic and they don't get to experience that until the raid actually drops. So there's a lot of, it, it is the hardest mechanics in the game. Like it's the hardest mechanics bosses have like 20, I don't know, probably like 28 million health. Um, and it's just crazy to sit there and watch. Like, I think 28 million is even really low. I'm pretty sure that's like 20%. But it's just something about it. Like, and it's weird because un I was talking about this yesterday. Unlike traditional esports, there, right. to my knowledge, at least, there's no prize pool. It is yeah. just sheer title. It's, you know, bragging rights, bragging showing right. off yeah. your skill. And these orgs, like help these guys get to that point but i don't know because it's got that like race to world first around it it's so interesting to watch and it's so good for viewers like so there, there's a bit of prestige but uh i'm wondering like last year your entire if your entire guild dies then you're out of the race right or can you restart no so w whenever a guild uh, that's so that's in world of warcraft that's called a wipe um so yeah. when you're when your guild dies um you just gotta res back up and start again but obviously the oh. boss the boss's health goes back to max um but you can do buffs and like you'll lose all your all your buffs you'll lose like uh food buff 
uh, flasks, all that stuff. And then the best part about it is we get to see probably like 20 odd tries per boss. And that's what makes this event so good. It's so long. Like last year's took, it started early December and it went, oh, well, longer than that. It went all the way to like Christmas. It it ended like three days before Christmas. And so normally it takes like a week and a half to two weeks for this event to be over. But because they're all racing to be the first finish, it's like 14 hour streams. So it's such good content for viewers. And it's like, I wish it was more of an esport event, like where there was prizing, there was more on top of that to kind of boost these players. And because a lot of these players have jobs too, and a lot of them have to miss, like some of the best players have to miss race to world first because, you know, they can't get time off of work and stuff. Yeah, it, it's kind of, it kind of sucks in that regard, right? I, it, it reminds me, like when I was watching this event and I heard that they didn't compete for a prize at all. It reminded me of like the old school days of esports where like you were just trying to be the best and having that like having that little dopamine hit, that ego boost, you know? Yeah. So like that's why I admire the most about it. But at the same time, like, you know, they kind of do deserve to get rewarded. <laughs> they really do. Like, these guys are these guys are putting in legit work because like uh, from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong. MMOs is uh, the as highest skill. The main skill that you're really proficient at is management, like yeah. resource management time management just managing all your skills right and i think what they're doing like they're literally micromanaging every moment and then they have to consider random attack patterns of the of the boss then they have to consider all their like their guild members like that's that's really difficult that's like really hard to do (laughs) yeah so like for example the guy that i watch mainly on complexity and i'm sure well most people watch him i mean it shows in the view count he's sitting at 80k (laughs) viewers right now um that's, that's a lot but he he's complexity's raid leader so he actually doesn't play the game anymore he plays in his off time but when it comes to race to world first he doesn't play he actually watches from another player's perspective and he makes all the calls for them so all these like um micromanaged timings yes they have add-ons in wow so like a little like timer will pop up and say like three two one jump or whatever or like get out of the purple stuff um and he but he micromanages all of that so like he micromanages when to do stuff and all of that and it's hard man it's it's yeah. like it, it sounds like it's easy it's like oh delegating but <laughs> you have to trust but you have to trust your teammate one and two you have to make sure they're actually adequate enough to perform what you're asking of yeah. them right so it's like yeah that's why i really think it's it's actually a lot harder than people think it's not like just clicking a mouse it's like power <laughs> analyzing uh timing like 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 i said resource management it's like it's really it's impressive to me like as i get older i admire skills like that because it's that's like stuff you can actually apply in real life like you know allocating resources uh, making sure that like people are shifting in and out to to like make sure they peak in energy stuff that's why i see when i watch watch this right and i'm like this is impressive because at the best like the best of the world they're so well coordinated at doing it i'm saying i'm like you guys could like if you guys could swim, you guys be Olympic level swimming synchronized <laughs> swimmers, dude. It's fucking incredible, dude. For real. And I mean that's and that that's all those things are kind of what makes me like oh, I obviously agree with you, but I yeah. really wish there was more for these players because and it's nice when we see big orgs picking up all these guilds because obviously a guild in WoW um can have hundreds of people in it. Like yeah. 
Um, and that's just the whole point of a guild. You know, it's a community thing, uh, especially at a tier one level. It's all the best, all the best players that want to join you. And obviously complexity is helping them out. They're letting them stream from the headquarters, getting them all in the same place so they can have that even bigger team bonding, like team chemistry. And obviously complexity apply, uh, gives them like obviously merch and stuff and their microphones and all their PCs, the basic shaz and stuff. They, they fly them in too. For exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. And I, I think just, this team they flew in for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, 100%. Um, and I just wish there was more for them. Like I wish there was a prize pool that... But then again, it's it's that balancing act of, well, if there's a prize pool, you know, if it's only a couple of grand split between like a hundred people, like twenty bucks, yeah, <laughs> sometimes five, right? Like, yeah. Now I don't know hard. if the orgs pay them or not. That's one thing I've always wondered, and maybe I'll do my digging next time. But well, I'm so curious I, if they I, get a salary. I know some. So from my understanding and in my experience. Because uh, I did some snooping last year. Because when I heard of, that there was no prize pool, I was like, "Y'all working for free? <laughs> like you guys are? You guys literally gave up a week, two weeks of your life to do this?" So I, I did some. Dude, if they don't, if they don't make it as soon as uh, race to, as soon as the event is over, they get dropped, and yeah. then they get picked up again by another team next year. It's yeah, like, so definitely. I don't I think know, they get paid. Like, I don't think they get paid, dude. Yeah, like I, I know, for example, like complexity, like owns the guild, but I know the guild does make some serious changes. Like personally, like they'll drop players here and there, and I don't think there is any contracts or anything. Um, but it's cool. I'm, I'm I am glad to see like Sonics as well. Um, yeah. Sonics just picked up a WoW guild, and they were doing really good until complexity just overtook them. But it's it's cool to see big orgs picking up these guilds like even for like some sponsors and stuff because they can help them out like and even sponsors and stuff they can maybe start paying some of these players maybe the ones that are more involved but yeah maybe the guild like the raid the rate the actual raiders you know what I'm saying? yeah like the core but yeah. i mean it'll be really cool but yeah like speaking of sponsorships you know <laughs> untraditional uh, you know, <laughs> a traditional sponsorship 100 thieves it's collabing with Gucci. They're teasing it, and I'm, I'm as a as a fashion guy myself, I'm very interested to see what they do because one my main criticism of 100 Thieves, and I know like I I'm not who am I? I'm a fucking bum compared to like Nate Shot, right? But my main criticism uh, for 100 Thieves is that they don't actually they have a branding, but they don't have like a like a like a solid identity. And what I mean by that is as a guy who's like into branding and all that stuff, you look at Gucci, there's a Gucci pattern and there's a Gucci colorway, right? hundred things has a colorway. It's red and black and white. Great. Awesome. But they don't have like a pattern. And I think this collaboration is, is, is the next, it's a stepping stone for hundred thieves, not just in like gathering more notoriety in their branding, but they're actually going to develop a solid fashionable apparel pattern that they can say, this is a hundred thieves pattern. Cause you know, like you look at Bape, right? Bape has like the, the ape head camel. You look at um, Supreme, the box, the iconic box logo. Right. And you look at Gucci, the G, the G, you know, the G, the G pattern on like that really beige tan, you know, material. And then you look at like Burberry, the, the Burberry pattern like that, like a hundred thieves doesn't have that yet. And I think 
we're gonna find out what they want their 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 true identity to be when it comes to apparel. What do you think? Like, because I think it's a, still a super interesting collab, but for for a fashion guy like me, I sit there, I go, well, what's what's the hundred thieves pattern? So, yeah, from from like a. I'm I'm not gonna call myself a non-fashion person, but it's definitely like a different. It's different. It's a different branch of my like fashion. Yeah, it's high. It's super high end. Yeah, like, and it's it, it's like you know I'm I'm like a trench coat kind of like that sort of older style fashion. Like I love that shit. Like, um, so obviously all this like all the Gucci stuff and it doesn't really float down my alley. But I will say, obviously I love Hundred Thieves. Like I I actually really like what they've done so far. My big question is, is this going to be too big of a stepping stone? And what I mean by that is, is it going to be too expensive for fans? Because obviously Gucci is expensive. I, I actually think so. Because right now they haven't made that stuff. They're trying to make that separation yeah. of them from not just being a gaming brand, but an apparel brand. The problem is, is that like we saw it with their last release with the essentials, the, the foundation line that uh, they're having some difficulty uh, creating that separation, some growing pains. Obviously, that's expected because they're trying to be an apparel brand. Yeah. But I think I think you're right. This is a too huge of a step because people are already complaining about reasonably priced windbreakers. Imagine when they actually have to like buy a high end product like Gucci, making exclusive patterns, yeah. high quality like materials. Like gamers, gamers are already complaining that they have to pay a, a fair price for something. Like this and- is this is just gonna be bad. Like, I think it's going to, it's going to really, it's going to, I want to say set them back, but it's, it's not going to go, I hope it goes really well, but it's not going to go, it's not going to be well received by gamers. That's for sure. Yeah. I I know that. And here's my two pain points for it. So the first one being, obviously the price is going to be stupid expensive. It's just who Gucci is alone. But on top of that, it's the, like, it's resellers right and resellers are gonna snag all this shit up thinking that gamers are wanting to buy it because it's 100 thieves and it's like even if gamers don't buy it all this is gonna be is almost like a fucking bitcoin it's gonna be like resellers buy it because they're gonna resell it and it's not going to be available and it's Mm -hmm. just gonna be this fashion piece my second problem my second pinpoint is the fact that gucci doesn't really speak to me as 100 thieves like if you think a nade shot, the first thing, if, if somebody came to me and said, who do you want to see collab with 100 Thieves? I'd think, okay, nade shot. And then I'd think sneakers. I'd go sneakers. Yeah. Nade shot loves his fucking sneakers. Yeah. But when I think 100 Thieves and Gucci, it's not, a, it, like, it's cool. And it's two big, like, very big statements in their own, or sorry, big names in their own space. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Gucci in the fashion, 100 Thieves in the fashion esports. And, like, the collab makes sense, but it's not who I think of. Like I think of like Nike Hundred Thieves, like Adidas Hundred Thieves. I I what I think is that they're they're they skipped a step for me. Yeah, they skipped a step, like you said. Uh, their natural collaboration because they're not at a. I don't think Hundred Thieves is at a stage where they can do whatever the fuck they want. Right? They're not that type of brand. They're not. They're not a brand that's gonna come in and be like, "Fuck you guys, we do whatever we want." Not yet. They haven't established that yet, right? They're starting to, but this is what they, like you said, a natural progression for them would have been like 100 Thieves X, you know, Nike or 100 Thieves X, uh, 
I don't know, like Adidas. That yeah. footwear would be first, right? But for me, like for them to step into high fashion, I felt like, you know, at first they were trying to be a streetwear brand. And then now that they're doing streetwear pieces, uh, they're not. It takes like five years to solidify your brand as like an apparel brand, like to see if it survives or if it sinks. And they haven't built that reputation of like they're just that they're just a gaming brand. Like, no, they they, they still have that reputation. They're not like an apparel. I still look at 100 Thieves as a gaming brand that makes great apparel, not an yeah. apparel brand that houses a gaming team. Right. And that's the issue at, at this current moment. Maybe, maybe like 10 years down the road, we'll like, we'll have this conversation again and be like, wow, they turned it around. They're actually a fashion brand now. Yeah. Right. So this is like, I know this is a, they, they need to, this is a big risk for them. And I think they didn't have to take this risk. I think what they could have done was naturally progressed upwards. For example, they could have gone, they could have done, um, hundred thieves, um, X, like, I don't know, reigning, not reigning champ, but like an, a tier below Gucci, like a tier below high end yeah. fashion, you know, like maybe like something solid, like not J crew, but like, even like you know, Burberry, just, like Burberry is a bit of a better, slightly better example where it's like, it's not as expensive as, are you, well, I mean, there's, there's, I, no, there's still high fashion. Like, yeah. It's, it's still high fashion. Like they, they, they need to get out of like the, the gaming stuff first. They need to do more streetwear um, collect collaborations. Yeah, yeah, I definitely uh, and, think sneakers was the stepping stone here. Like, yeah, sneak. It was it was like sneakers, and then like maybe Bape, or like yeah. maybe like or like maybe like Supreme, or like uh, I don't know, like just 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 another streetwear company first, and then afterwards maybe two years of grinding out doing collabs with streetwear companies. Then you move to the high fashion one. Right. Yeah. This is this is like this is way too early, and like. I know you got to create that separation, but like, I don't know, man. Like, it's, yeah. it's, like, I can't wait to see the pieces, but at the same time, I know that Gucci doesn't like taking risks. Like, yeah, they're, they're not like in collaborations. They don't take risks. They, they don't, they're very bad with taking risks in the collaborations. You would have to be like another high-end fashion designer for Gucci, the house of Gucci to take a risk with you. So yeah. it's like, it's, it's really hard. It's going to be really difficult. And my other... <laughs> It's kind of like a more personal pain point, and I hope I don't offend anybody when I do say this, but... I'm already offended. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've never been a huge fan. Like, I, th I think there's some stuff that Gucci makes that I really like. Like, mm -hmm. there's the occasional piece. But I've always found a lot of Gucci, especially when it comes to actual clothing, to be a bit over the top. And that's personal. Obviously, it depends on what you like. But at least for somebody like myself, I like what... 100 Thieves did with their kind of clean line. Like like I said, I, I like more classy fashion style where it's like the trench coats and stuff, like in that business attire sort of category. Um, but I don't know. I just really hope like, you know, there's some of the stuff they were wearing when they teased the little ad that 100 Thieves made. It's stuff that I go, yeah, it's kind of cool, but I don't think you'll catch gamers dead in it. Like, I think it's a little too over the top for anybody gaming. And then the price on top is just going to hurt them. Yeah. And, and it is like, you have to take big risks and I hope it goes well, because if this does, if this does well, as a hundred thieves is at another level, right? Yeah. They managed to skip the, the streetwear level of collaborations and went straight into high fashion. Right. That's so actually, that's like, it's a really it's good point. Yeah. Cause yeah, if if they do pull this off, 
and they can sponsor they can they can do a collab with anyone because if they, if gucci trusted them and it goes well then any almost anyone's gonna trust yeah, them like almost the brand is the brand is to the moon like it's not even uh it's not even a gaming brand anymore it's truly an apparel brand because when gucci accepts a collaboration from you that's the thing if gucci accepts a collaboration and it goes fucking well and then you get a second collaboration that means gucci thinks you're a fashion brand and that's i know that's what nation wants nation wants to be an apparel brand because let's face it gaming teams don't make money yeah why because there's gamers don't like to spend money <laughs> that's the truth we yeah. know this look at the wow look at this wow tournament race the first look there's no money because y'all y'all don't want to pay these guys <laughs> y'all yeah. not gonna buy their apparel <laughs> but yeah no like like it, it'll, it'll create that separation but like at the same time it's like it's a really it's like a, it's like a risk where if you don't do well gucci yeah, you're not coming back. Like, or at least they'll never come back to you. Yeah, they're never, they're not. And then the worst part is all the other fashion houses like Dior, Burberry, Tom Ford. They're gonna look at you. They're gonna be like, "Hey!" <laughs> Start laughing. Yeah, we're not gonna try that. Because that's yeah. the thing. Like, for anybody who isn't in business or esports, and you're just listening for the hell of it or whatnot, um, a lot of companies. So like if this Gucci one does fall through, a lot of other companies do case studies. And what a case study is, is where they look at examples that have happened in the past and they take their stats off of that. And if they did a case study for hundred thieves, if they want to partner, like Burberry would look at that and go, man, that bombed last time. Like we're not doing that. And the case study would come back and all these companies would say no to a hundred thieves. I don't, yeah. I will say, I don't think it's going to bomb. And and the pure reason is going to be resellers. And that's my only thing. I don't I, think it's going to end up in the hands of gamers. I really don't. Yeah, I, I need, I hope what they come out with. I hope it's good because this is, this could, this opens a lot of pathways for esports. It makes esports a little more legitimate. Right? Yeah. But that's the problem. Like, uh, where 100 Thieves doesn't want to be just esports. So, and then uh gucci just wants to show that they're very diverse because they are they've done clouds video games before uh streetwear companies before so it's like yeah this is and if this doesn't go well they're gonna be like esports sucks <laughs> yeah and you don't want that you don't want like especially someone as reputable as gucci do you think but do yeah. you think it's gonna end up in the hands of gamers or do you think resellers are just gonna kill this again um i think it's gonna be a bit of both but i don't think it's gonna be what what you want is you want fashion people to be wearing these pieces. Yeah. And if Nayshot doesn't see fashion influencers wear hundred thief pieces outside of like gamer gamer influencers, then that's bad news. That's bad news for everybody because that means the pieces aren't worth walking outside in public. And yeah, that's the main goal when you wear apparel <laughs> to wear outside. So it's gonna be rough. Yeah, I, ju I just hope it's not too flashy on the eyes because it's, you know. That's, that's the thing. I, I'm I'm curious to see what the 100 Thieves pattern is or if Gucci's going to play it safe and just slap their 100 logo, like 100, number 100 everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a weird one, but another weird thing in the news today, we got another unexpected collaboration, but not a normal collaboration we got a nickelodeon fighting game 
in the style of almost like mainly like brawl like okay okay so i did so much it came out literally like six hours ago before we shot this podcast we actually scrapped like our third topic for this i did so much research in that six hours let me tell you something this the person who made this game has experience with fighting games right they made slap city slap city was an excellent smash clone and it had all the advanced mechanics of melee right like l canceling wave dashing parrying all that stuff and then the best part is they have real back neck code right and then all of a sudden when they announced the smash clone game i looked at the trailer and i looked i was like there's a logo that doesn't that stands out here it says ludivocity or ludosity right and i'm like those guys made slap city and so more news came out from the ludosity uh discord the developers themselves were like yeah this is gonna have rollback netcode you know the one thing that guilty gear strive fucking did well that connects literally the entire world to play fighting games together this this game nickelodeon game made by like i don't know a team of 10 people probably on a on a budget of a shoestring now now it's like nickelodeon money so that's billions but like they have rollback netcode these japanese developers can't even get their shit together to get the lobbies right nor get online netcode but this one guy who made a game called slap city gets a fucking billion dollar ip which by the way we're talking ninja turtles spongebob squarepants you know a ren and stimpy for the boomers you know like fucking this guy's sitting here, he's like, yeah, we have rollback netcode, so you could play with your best friend in fucking Sweden, you know, playing this Smash clone. And the best part is, they're like, another thing they, uh, Smash players kept spamming them about, because like, Slap City had amazing movement. If you played Slap City, you're like, well, I could express myself, and I could press a ton of buttons, have fun. It had something called wave dashing. Wave dashing is when, uh, uh, when you unnaturally move your character across the screen, but very quickly however it requires a ton of advanced timing and inputs this game has that so not only did they get the rollback netcode thing right before nintendo does they also get wave dash and they're like yeah we're gonna put it into a billion dollar ip aka spongebob is gonna be spongebob squarepants is gonna be wave dashing across the screen with his best boy patrick and sandy cheeks like that's gonna be crazy this is something that like i could never fathom like, so, and then the worst part yeah it's the worst part is it's just an indie team that's like yeah we like having fun we think this is fun we're gonna make it easy for six-year-olds and 42-year-olds to play this game together what the fuck like and then they got the net code right what so here, here's a question for you because obviously it's it seems like the fgc it's obviously i'm loving the twitter memes and i don't even follow that much fgc so it's obviously blowing up a little bit right now but the my biggest question is do you think so let's say this game is perfect like this game is like almost an ideal fighting game do you think it's gonna hurt it the fact that it's like it i mean it's like spongebob and shit do you do you think it's still gonna have tournaments or do you think do you think people are gonna be a bit like i'm not playing that because it's nickelodeon like uh, it depends if Nickelodeon wants to throw like uh pro circuit at it but that's the thing like if Nickelodeon's smart uh, because I know Nickelodeon wants to get into video games and they want to make reputable video games. Yeah. Right. That's why they hired Ludosity to do this. Uh, 
it can be it can be viable, but honestly, they're they're not making this game to be competitive. They're not. They're they're literally making this game so like I could beat my friends up as Patrick Starr and he can pick Sandy Cheeks to kick my ass. Like like that's literally why they made this game. It's just for fun. But the thing is, this game's gonna play like it's probably gonna play like complete garbage. But guess what? I could play that garbage across the world with someone in Japan and they won't like. Yeah. That's fucking incredible. Like that's gonna be that's that I'm I'm shocked that this is this is happening. But yeah, I don't but if it is a perfect fighting game, like if it is like let's say like everything that we want a melee to be, uh, in terms of like just having other features, because melee is a great game, right? So let's say like it sort of plays like melee, but then it's also accessible enough for other people to play, and then on top of that, it, it has like a great lobby system and a competitive circuit. Like, yeah, I think I think it's not gonna hamper the smash. Thing. It's very hard historically. It's very hard to beat established uh, IPs like look at Counter-Strike and Valorant right yeah. Counter-Strike's still the biggest tactical FPS it's just that like Valorant's number number 1B not even 2 anymore it's number 1B like it's very hard to knock like very entrenched um, IPs like that so it's not gonna just like it's not gonna kill the smash scene but it is gonna it is gonna bring a lot of new eyes and it is gonna be it's gonna be very interesting because for many years, Japanese developers have given us a ton of excuses to why things that other games generally have aren't in fighting games. And like at first, you know, for years, like the community in general just accepted that, like, yeah, it is hard to make fighting games. It's hard to make any game. It's hard to fucking make any game. That's what people don't get. Any game requires a lot of time and effort, especially if you want it to be good. And then now that we have like an indie developer backed by Nickelodeon showing us that like yeah, these things are possible. Uh, just don't be fucking lazy. Care about what you do, right? It's like, all right, like Japanese developers are starting to get put on blast for their lack of um, quality control, really. Yeah. Except for Nintendo. Nintendo's the best at it, obviously. I, unironically, Japan, a Japanese company named Nintendo is great at quality control. Well, like everyone else is really bad, and like, um. Yeah, that I don't think. Uh, yeah, to sorry to short answer. Nah, it's not gonna kill Smash. Uh, it 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 will get supported, but like people will still run back to Smash. Yeah, I think I think the toughest like, part about it is like, even even if it was like the perfect fighting game, uh, even if they gave it a pro circuit, I think the tough part, especially for an FGC crowd, is they're gonna have to treat that game like Nintendo. Uh, sorry, like Psionics Cy- treats Rocket League and Nintendo treats Smash. Because at the end of the day, these are all kids' characters. Like, mm-hmm. as much as even if you still watch cartoons, I'm sure everybody still watches cartoon from fucking time to time. But, you know, there it's going to be like Rocket League, where you've, if you even say fuck, you're banned for like a year. Um, yeah. And uh, that oh. I don't see going well, well with the FGC crowd of all people. Oh, uh, no, dude. Uh so Capcom tried to ban pop-offs like in 2015. Boy, what a riot. What a fucking riot. Everybody <laughs> popped off after. Yeah. You're talking to the most vibrant community where everyone where everyone from is from a culture where expressing yourself is very, very, very good. Yeah, no, that's like, yeah, no. Like <laughs> so someone's gonna spike a controller. You're gonna ban that guy? No. That's just part of the that's just part of the that's just part of the way it goes. <laughs> yeah. 
and speaking of that like community sense and just the fgc being so vibrant and like characteristic um i'm excited if you haven't heard and if you don't follow us on twitter uh obviously our our event stadium at waves gaming is going to be opening back up early this week we're actually going to be open for the 16th for the first nacl watch party and i'm i'm, I'm happy for that i'm uh, i'm so excited to see events back and like i hope we see some inv- incendium events i hope we see like valorant csgo like i just want to see everything back online <laughs> yeah because let's face it nothing beats the offline experience no matter how good your netcode is nothing beats like beating someone beside you or like socializing with the guy besides you seeing them face to face like that's that's incredible man like and i'm glad like ways is opening up again but uh yeah it's hopefully COVID doesn't end it again hopefully it's permanent this time yeah and the only thing that's gonna end is this podcast (laughs) (laughs) so we are gonna be back on friday uh you know this is actually our official uh 10th episode Oh damn! What's up, baby? (laughs) That one's for Chris. Um, (laughs) But yeah, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at the Refrag TV, and we'll be back on Friday, and we'll see what happens for the rest of this week. We'll keep you all updated, a bit, bit, bit up to dated, (laughs) up to dated, baby. (laughs) And peace out.